Welcome back to Self Love Ignited. On today's episode, I am chatting with Jackie Roby. Jackie is an incredibly inspiring woman. And during this interview, we talk about her challenges with her body image that started from as young as five years old, as well as falling into quite a deep depression as an adult and how she got help for that. Also talks a lot about travel, about the travel industry and how travel has been a big part of her healing journey. Jackie is the Chief Excellence Officer at Inspired Journey Consulting, which is her business that is dedicated to wellness, healing and transformational tourism. Jackie is a beautiful soul with so much wisdom, so much great things to share. I cannot wait for you to meet her. Dive on in. My name is Katie Allen and this is Self Love Ignited. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. On this episode, I'm interviewing Jackie Roby. This is going to be an amazing episode. I cannot wait to get into it. So Jackie, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Katie, thank you so much. I love your energy. It just feels like we've known each other forever. I know it does, right? It's weird. <laughs> it's like weird in one of those magical, amazing kind of ways. Exactly. <laughs> So Jackie, before we get into sort of like your story, um, why don't you just take a moment and introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. So I am the CEO, which I call Chief Excellence Officer of Inspire Journey Consulting. I work as a sales strategist and social media amplifier for healing and wellness travel businesses. So I really like to bring my sales superpower and use it for good to really help those visionaries out there that are helping people along their healing journey. I love that. Ooh, that's amazing. <laughs> and where are you based again? Remind me. Sure. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. You're in Boston. Okay. But your work is online, right? So you can work with people all over the world. Exactly. So typically um, I've actually worked remotely for almost a decade and it's been a dream for me. And then I usually travel right. a good amount. Right. When we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Right. <laughs> It'll be back. It'll be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when people say like, where's your next trip? And I usually had just business trips lined up. So it was so easy. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> drawing a little bit of a blank. <laughs> I feel like one day probably a few years in the future, we're going to look back on this and be like, oh, remember that time that we like couldn't go anywhere and life just sucked for a while. But yeah, when, <laughs> we're still very much in it. So we're not at, we're not at that happy stage yet. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's going to be funny to look back and see everybody with their different masks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Those photos. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> okay. So let's get into it. I want to hear your story. So the podcast is self-love ignited. And obviously we look at all different aspects of self-love and the stories of women, just like you, who have overcome personal challenges, whether it be trauma, whether it be body image challenges, whatever it happens to be. And I've come to a place of really learning to love themselves and accept themselves. So Jackie, why don't you tell us your story? It usually is easier if you start at the beginning, sort of where did your challenges with yourself begin? The earliest I can remember 
uh, was five years old. So I was being driven to school. I was in the backseat of the car and I noticed that my thighs got bigger as I sat, which everyone's do. That's natural, right? But I didn't realize that. I thought it was me. And I looked at the person next to me and I compared. So then I started to lift my legs when I sat so that my thighs would be elevated and look smaller. So that was the first. At five years old. Yeah. 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 Do you have any idea where that came from? Like, was that adopted from a family member or the media? Or was it just sort of something that was inside of you? I feel at that moment it was inside of me. What I will say, though, is my family talked a lot about weight. So there was always dieting happening. Uh, It was kind of an extreme. To be honest, I think it was trying dieting. This one, you know, works. This one doesn't. We'll try something new. Like I remember going on, I think it was like a bagel diet or something. Um, It was like a Richard Simmons bagel diet or something with my dad when I was young. Yeah. Uh, Just always that opportunity to try to lose weight, try to lose weight, try to lose weight. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So here you are at five, already very much in diet culture, you know, having, you know, growing up with it. How did that stay with you? Because obviously, if you're starting this at five, this was only the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was 10 or 12. And I decided I needed to go on a diet again, but I created this diet in my head and all I would eat were uh, red peppers at lunch. I would bring red peppers to school. That's all I would eat. And I would sit there hungry. Um, But I was trying to force myself to, I don't know, make my stomach smaller, make it work. (laughs) Um, And it grew, you know, throughout the years, food, food is so many things. I think food is, it relates to comfort. It can relate to all sorts of emotions, but also it's really cultural. And that brings up some beautiful things too. So I don't like to discount food. I'm somebody who does live to eat, um, not eat to live. I love food. Um, but it's, you know, changing that mindset around it. I went on and off diets all childhood. I remember never feeling good enough, Mm -hmm. never feeling thin enough. And it's still plaguing. I do a lot of work around it. You know, this is a journey. There are moments we're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It is a journey. It is definitely a journey. And I love that you said that right at the beginning, because I think that there's 
there's a lot of people who are on this journey who have a level of, it's really interesting you know I've done quite a few of these interviews and there's a lot of people who actually have a lot of guilt around the fact that they're not quote unquote there yet that they haven't like done it or checked it off the list and I don't actually think that's possible <laughs> like I think yeah. this is this is part of the human experience and <laughs> you're never going to be always there as long as you're walking this earth you're still going to be moving through it and that's okay exactly yeah. you know there are memories I have comments that people made my dad joking around in the doctor's office in the pediatrician's office I remember he pinched my stomach and he said if you can pinch more than an inch you've got to lose weight and he's a big guy I come from a big family yeah like, nobody is is um has been tiny from, from or stayed tiny, but I don't know what came over him. I talked about it, you know, in my adult life and he apologized. He's like, I don't even know what I was thinking, but I'll never forget it. Yeah. And then I remember losing, losing weight um, between seventh and eighth grade, maybe, or sixth and seventh, something like that. And a great uncle came over and he said, oh, you're so pretty now. And that one really stung. Mm -hmm. I bet, oh, I just wanna, our culture puts so much emphasis on girls and being pretty. There's so much emphasis on that. And the fact that you, and it's such a vulnerable time, right? Right, that's, grade six, seven, eight, that's like puberty. Our bodies are changing, right? Most girls are starting their periods right around that time. It's such a vulnerable time. And that's a, he, he might probably didn't even realize what that meant, but that is a deep comment. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So that never enough feeling, it just stuck. And there was more around it. Um, I did have an abusive scenario with a sexually abusive scenario with my grandfather that started when I was three. So I know that that contributed to it. That was part of the design, right? This yeah. shame, this self-loathing. Um, but there wasn't there wasn't really anything that was changing my mind around my doubts about myself. Yeah. And not to say that, you know, my parents did a good job saying, you know, guys are beautiful inside and out and this and that and all of these things. They did the best they could, but there was, you know, oh, this is how you cover your arms. You know, because I, my arms were something I was self-conscious of. Um, another kindergarten moment of having my, trying on my dress for graduation and having these elastic band around the arms and they felt so tight and they hurt. Um, and I remember that from then on looking at other people's arms, other women's arms mm -hmm. and comparing and not understanding why mine were different. 
And so then it was how, here's how you cover your arms. Here's how you cover this. Here's how, you know, this is the shape that works for your body and that nothing else. And it was, well, I mean, I'll say for what it was, it was damaging. Mm -hmm. Understanding the help of trying to make a kid that's self-conscious feel better, but Oh, it is such a fine line between empathy and <laughs> I just hear it going back and forth. I try to be so kind and, and conscious of it. Um, but standing here as the person who has those feelings, it was really difficult yeah. and hurtful yeah. and didn't make me ever look in the mirror and think I'm amazing just as I am right now. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, even though your parents may have been saying a lot of the, you know, the, the things that they thought needed to be said, like you're amazing and you're this and you're that, if those are the words, but then all of the actions and all of the modeling are telling you something different. I mean, children are sponges. I think all of us are sponges to a certain degree, but I think especially children around their parents. So even if you were hearing the words, but if everything they were saying was, this is how you cover, this is how you change, this is how you, you know, you change yourself to fit the, the quote unquote ideal instead of let's change the ideal and you're good enough as you are. Like that's a, there's a big difference there. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting and I didn't unpack this until, or start to unpack it until my thirties was, you know, my dad is a Latino. My mom is white. There's a whole bunch of ethnicities within there, but that doesn't matter. The point is um, there was never a conversation around part of your culture contributes to genetics and your shape. And this is, you know, natural and beautiful. And here are all of these people and, and, and that kind of great comparison so that I didn't feel like I wasn't thin and white and blonde and I couldn't understand what was happening and why my pants didn't look the same as, you know, my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think, and I know this is a hard question because it's, it's just kind of, you know, a guess, but do you think if your parents had had that conversation with you about ethnicities, about where you come from and about beauty in different cultures and even body shapes in different cultures and, and what's normal. Do you think that that would have changed how you saw yourself? I think that would have helped. Yeah. Because then I would look and I would try to pay attention differently because what I would do is I looked at my sisters and my parents and my shape was different. Um, and I saw that my one of my aunts had a similar shape, but I couldn't, you know, I was too young. It didn't make sense to me how nobody else in my nuclear family had that. Right. So it, it just didn't come together. I think it would have been really helpful. And to, to celebrate those great things. Yeah. 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 Um, so I want to ask how you got from that girl and that teenager who was struggling really deeply 
to where you are today? Because I, I mean, I know you said you're still on the journey, you know, you haven't quote unquote, like reached the end by it by any means, but you've come a hell of a long way. You know, I mean, the fact that we're sitting here doing this interview and that you're able to talk about this and have perspective on this, I mean, that speaks volumes, but also you just have this really beautiful confidence about you now. And that had to come from somewhere. So tell us about that. What steps did you take? How did you begin to unpack this? Ooh. Well, very transparently, again, I fell into a depression. Mm -hmm. And when I did, it changed my life that I didn't expect. And so I had to start putting the pieces back together. I, I fell to that rock bottom point. And as I was rebuilding and in therapy, um, and I was reading and educating myself, there were all ways that I had to figure out how to love myself. Mm -hmm. um, and how to treat me well. You know, I remember when I was in that part of depression, I had so much anxiety and PTSD and panic that I couldn't eat. And so I had shrunk into a, like a size two, my clothes were hanging off of me and people were saying how great I looked. Meanwhile, I was consuming a few pretzels a day and a naked juice and two glasses of wine. Yeah. So, you know, it really, I remember angering me. And so as I realized I needed help and I was getting medication sorted, I, all I prioritized was my mental health. And that at the end of the day became number one. Um, I was put on uh, a, an antidepressant that made me gain weight. And at the, you know, for a while I was like, I don't care. I just don't want to feel that way again. Yeah. You know, then we played around, switched things up, et cetera, throughout the years. But that was a really big part of it. So because I had to make sure that I was taking care of me, and feeling whole, I had to find some new ways to do that. And then from there, I said, I started to read. And that journey was huge because my husband told me um, when we met and I fall in love with this amazing man that he would come over and it felt like going to a funeral. He was like, you're never happy. Couldn't understand. So I talked to a friend uh, of my sister's who referred me to a list of books that um, she thought I would resonate with, and I did. So the first one was Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. And, you know, every time I got books like these and they had exercises, I did every exercise. Like I take this seriously. I'm, you know, I was a straight A student. I, <laughs> I'm going to get this done. I'm going to accomplish it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I did mirror exercises um, I did writing exercises, um, you know, writing something great about myself or 10 things, I think, and I, and writing them over and over again for 30 days, trying to get it into my head. 
I just did mirror exercises an hour ago. I actually hadn't done them in a while, but it's, it's been a tough couple of weeks. So again, like this is what we do, recognizing that there's so many outside factors too. Mm-hmm. Learning about diet culture, that one blew my mind. <laughs> it's massive, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And, and ironically, because I know some people say, oh, social media, it makes you guess your life. No, actually, it was really helpful for me because I think I was intentionally looking for what I needed, or I don't know, the universe brought it to me, but I found uh, Jamila Jamil with Iway who I fell for, uh, Body Posit Panda, uh, Danielle Brooks when she was modeling for Lane Bryant, all of these things that were empowering about loving yourself mm-hmm. never crossed my mind to not try to change myself or not put myself down or fully accept compliments and not talk to, you know, join the whole club of dieting. Yeah, yeah. But I think I just want to say like that whole point about social media, I think that's such a good point because in and of itself, it's a neutral thing, right? It, it, it is not inherently good or bad. It really is all about how you use it and the intention behind it. And if you approached it with the intention of, I want to find other women and resources who are going to support me and lift me up and help me learn and help me grow. That's exactly what you did. Yes. And, and I think on the opposite, when people are in a really low place, or if they're really still in that, like really judging their bodies and haven't sort of taken the steps to begin healing yet, then all it becomes is this massive platform of self-comparison and, mm-hmm. and, and it can take you down the rabbit hole. So it's, it's not about getting off social media. If it's not working for you, it's about reworking it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I mean, it's everything in life. If we go in with the right intention, mm-hmm. it can change your whole perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you, okay. So you did therapy, you did talk therapy, mm-hmm. medica- medication to help you get out of that big depression. And I, I just want to say, and this is not what the podcast is about, but I just want to say that I think nowadays there's almost a stigma against more like traditional treatments for depression, right? Everybody's talking about, you know, eat, you know, eating certain foods that are going to help you feel better and getting enough sleep and self-care and all of those things are important. But sometimes we need medication. Sometimes we need to see a therapist. That's okay. Like I, I, I have done, I have done the same. I've, I've not taken medication for depression, but I have been to many therapists over the years and they're so incredibly helpful and there is no shame in it. No. No, I absolutely agree. And thank you for saying that, you know, I went off of medication at one point because I thought I'm in a good place. I don't need it. And a couple of years later, I fell again and not as deep and it was different, but it happened. And, you know, my therapist said, I, I said, do you think I'm going to need this for the rest of my life? She goes, I think it's a safe bet to just stay on it. So, (laughs) But, you know, I, I also think it's figuring out what works for you, right? But also recognizing that things are going to change. So you always have to keep doing the work. Yeah. You know, it's not a magic pill. Yeah. 
I mean, it feels like it sometimes when you're, <laughs> when it finally kicks in, if you've been in that low, it's, it's amazing. But, <laughs> but I still, I meditate twice a day. Uh, I have a yoga practice that is helpful for me. I journal. I need to get things out of my head. Um, I see a functional medicine doctor. I mirror exercises. I was saying I do gratitude. I have a whole list in my phone right now of all the things I value about myself. Um, and so every day I've challenged myself every day for a year, I write down different things about me that I value. So then I can re continue to reread them and have an entire list of all these different things that I value about me. That's gorgeous. I love that exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then, and I think it's, it's so good to do that with intention, not coming from a place of, oh, I'm in such a bad place. I need something, but coming from a place of, I understand there's going to be ups and downs. I get that at some point I will be hating on myself or be judgmental or I'll, I'll fall back into that old pattern. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to have this essentially it's like a support system for yourself that you're creating yes. like this tool in place that is ready that you can just reach for exactly yeah 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 so Jackie would you say that this journey that you are on are still actively on like all of us do you identify with this as a self-love journey is the self-acceptance like what what words feel true for you mm -hmm. Absolutely self-love, uh, body acceptance mm -hmm. is definitely something that I keep front and center. Yep. Uh, I like self-acceptance. <laughs> I'm just going to add them all in. I'm a, I'm a fan of positive vocabulary that's going to support me. So I really... <laughs> I wouldn't mind just putting some more in there. All of them. I'm, I'm all of them. I, I support all of them. Yes. <laughs> oh God, that's good. No, but I, I mean, it's, I think sometimes depending on where you are on this journey, the term self-love in and of itself for many people is quite triggering because it, it can feel like such when you're in that like self-loathing, self-love mm -hmm. can feel like it's really far away. Um, and I think personally, I really identify with self-love why I named my podcast what I did yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just everybody has a different answer and I think it's it's just a beautiful reflection of how we're each unique and also how we're each on our own different part of the journey and, and it's all valid and it's all good you're so right you're so right at this point I can take apart so much and be mindful of what I'm going through and I'm I consider that a, a gift I wrote down the value of, of my depression today um, and my mindfulness around it because I can look and say, okay, I felt that wave, that's a little different. Or, okay, I had body dysmorphia today and this week and I'm starting to notice a pattern. It's starting once a month. Can I track, is there a certain time? Like getting my head around all of those things mm -hmm. because I do love myself. And there are times where I'll say something in my anxiety and say, I know what the truth is, but I still can't get out of the space. So yeah, there's now that separation where before it was the reality was the negativity in my head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you've just come such a long way. Yeah. So 
I want to talk to you about your work and this business. And first of all, I want to, I want to hear a little bit more about what you do, because I just think it's fascinating. Um, but how did this journey of self-love, of really taking care of yourself on this deeply hol like holistic way, how did this impact your journey into having your own business and into the work that you do? Mm. It was everything. Honestly, I had thought about getting into my own business quite some time ago, but I planned to do it with a business partner, uh, one of my best friends. And then our dreams changed throughout the years. So it didn't work, but I always thought I'll go in with somebody else or I'll work for somebody else. This is not something I'll do on my own. And then I found wellness and healing travel. And I had worked in the travel industry for almost 20 years. Um, so it was about 17 years at the time. And I said, you know, I can't even believe this. This is amazing. I was given this task of overseeing a program that trained travel advisors in luxury wellness, and then also helped the proper, the hotels and resorts with marketing. So I thought it was spas and maybe yoga. And I love both. And then I saw really that there was so much more behind it that with the intention to do the work and, and choosing the right modalities and properties and, and things that can support you, it really is a way to help your healing journey. And I just think of all the books and all the research and all the things that I went through before getting here and knowing about this part. And I've been in the travel industry it, it, I found it unacceptable that I didn't know being yeah. in the industry. So how could other people have access? And then looking at it logically and saying, okay, well, there are these amazing visionaries. And then there are big companies with deep pockets. So how can I help in that space? And what about the customers and bringing the customers to the right people and explaining a little bit more about what's available in the travel industry and, and really just full circle wanting to, you know, create something that connected more community. Mm -hmm. So I attended the healing summit um, run by healing hotels of the world. And it was there that day one of this summit, there were 120 people in the room and our first activity was meditation. And it was so beautiful and so powerful and not like any travel event I'd ever been to or any event I'd ever been to. And it changed me. I actually ran up to the co-founder and told her I wanted to work for her. I'd never done anything like that in my life. She had just met the woman two days before, but it was that powerful. Yeah. And I hired a life coach during the summer and we talked around my career and, you know, she was encouraging me and really telling me, you know, what's missing is your fire. You're not inspired right now. Yeah. And so she gave me some great tips and ideas and we did a lot of work and meditations and things around that. And I still wasn't ready. And then there came a point where I knew I needed to walk through my fear. And so I started Inspired Journey Consulting. 
That's amazing. I love that story so much. <laughs> As a, I mean, I, I, I love travel. And when I, you know, back in my 20s, I seriously considered going into the travel industry because I love travel, because I have the travel bug. And I thought, I want to help others experience this too. That's, that's not what life had in store for me. And obviously I've gone a different direction, which is fine and it's beautiful. Um, but I have experienced, I don't think it's sort of the healing travel in the way that you're talking about, but I have experienced the healing of travel mm-hmm. just in and of itself. And sometimes it can be as simple as getting on a plane, going to a destination by yourself where you've never been, you don't know a soul, and you get to just let your baggage stay behind. Yes. All, all those stories, everything that everybody in your life has an impression of you and they have expectations of you and this is what they think you should say and should do and should look like, suddenly all of that is gone. And as much as that can be sort of terrifying because a lot of that is how we sort of, you know, that can be our identity or part of our identity. It's also so healing and I experienced this without intending to experience it. This was like a side effect of of a big trip that I did. So I can only imagine if somebody is approaching travel with the intention of healing and the intention of going into it. I mean, that's like life-changing. That's huge stuff. It's amazing. And you leave these trips feeling rejuvenated and, you know, not needing a vacation from your vacation and wanting to just run back to your life and apply the things you learned. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not needing a vacation from a vacation. How many times, how many times have you heard somebody and they've gone off for a week to a resort or they've gone camping or they've done their thing and they come home and they're like, I need a couple of days off before I get back to life. And it's like, but you've, it's totally, you've just defeated the purpose of taking a vacation. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, geez. So I want to know, because you've mentioned, I just want to get back to you. Hmm. If there is somebody listening who is maybe where you were, maybe where you were, you know, years ago when you were in that dark place. And I know that now, you know, you've mentioned many things that you've done and many things that you're still doing, meditation and yoga and journaling and having that beautiful list um, in your phone. But if there's somebody listening and they're getting to that place where they know that they need to start and they don't know what step to take, what that first thing is they can do, what would you recommend? Mm. I would recommend um, taking on this exercise for 30 days. Every day, write 10 things that you love about yourself. If you have the time, also write 10 things you're grateful for. But that self-love one, Mm -hmm. find your 10 things. And it's okay if they're, you know, the same each day. Be great if they're different, but it's okay if they're the same, but start there. Yeah. By the end of 30 days, you're going to have 300 things. Right. And if they're... Even if they're repeats, that just means that it matters that much more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. So Jackie, as we are getting ready to wrap up, I can't believe this interview has gone so fast. 
I could I could ask you so many more questions as well. It's been really <laughs> challenging to like not go off on tangents. But as we're getting ready to wrap up, is there any last bits of wisdom or advice or any tips you'd like to give or anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with? Yes, definitely. So I would say first and foremost, asking for help is a sign of strength. And a lesson that I've had to learn within the past year and a half is to give myself grace. So give yourself some grace. There's no need beating yourself up because who benefits from that? Nobody wins there. And um, lastly, I would say if travel can be of support to you, um, I would love to have you as part of the Travel Can Heal community. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to make sure that all of your, your links to your social media, your website, everything is going to be in the show notes. So if anybody is listening and they want to find you, find out more about you, do some work with you, that is all going to be there. Amazing. Thank you. Jackie, I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on with me and sharing. And it has been wonderful. I feel like I've known you for years. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I know. I'm sad to say goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe we'll just have to do part two one day. I, mean, I guess we will. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. Oh, I'll have to drag you back. <laughs> All right, Jackie, we're going to leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Have a beautiful day. All of the links mentioned during the episode are down in the show notes. Please make sure to go on over and check them out. Also, please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And I would be forever grateful if you would go on over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. That's going to help this message reach more women. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Here is to you loving yourself.